You're listening to After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. And welcome to all of our listeners this week on the After the Jack podcast. It's grand final week, exciting times. I'm uh, subbing in for the hosting chair today, Ashley Williamson, your host. We've got Tyler Maher in the studio running the panel boards. And with me, as always, is my uh, co-host, Brian Nisbet. How are you, Brian? Grand final week. Yeah, good morning, Ash. Yeah, looking forward to the, the grand finals, particularly the Division 1. Yeah. It should be a, a, a magnificent game. And who would have thought, um, you know, at the start of the season when this was a, a new project for McPherson Media um, and, you know, you were sort of one of the big brainchilds of this and with Tyler's support as well, where here we are at the end of one season of this podcast, mate. Yes, it's been, I think it's been a success. So I haven't had a lot of feedback about the program. What I have had has been positive, so... Well, they usually say no news is good news. I'm sure we'd hear if, if there was um, a beef. But, um, yeah, it's, be, it's been great to, um, you know, bring bowls to our listeners and give a bit of promotion to the sport and, the, you know, Golden Valley Bowls in general. And you've brought in the big guns this week, mate. I'll let you introduce our guests because we've got a cast of thousands in the studio. We're a bit scarce on, on microphones, but um, you have brought in the big guns for our grand final show. Yeah, thanks, Ash. Well, uh Bonanza never dies, the old TV show. Yep. Because I've got the answer to Bonanza, the, the Cartwright clan's here in full force. And we haven't got Hoss Cartwright, but we've got the majority of the family here. Yeah, well. And I'd like to in, um, welcome David, I should say Naomi first. Yeah. Um, David, Josh, Jacob, and of course Olivia. So we've got David. Welcome to the program. Yeah, we've got David and Olivia on the microphone first. So we might be playing a bit of musical chairs here just with the scarcity of microphones. But um, Brian, I'll let you take it away. Yes, um, a memorable season, David, for the Cartwright clan. Five state events and one premiership to your sister Karen with uh, East in the midweek Division 2 yesterday. Yeah, no, it's been a fantastic season for the family. Um, the Cartwright name, I think Dorsey. Made mention of it on Sunday when they won the fours. He goes, all I needed was a cart ride in the family and we were shooing. So um, <laughs> brother Glenn's in the in the final of Div 2. Uh, sister won yesterday in Div, Div 1. So it's a fantastic effort. And also Connor and Mac are also representing in uh, Shepkoff's team as well. So. Yeah, well, we better not leave them out. Yeah, um, don't forget them. No, don't forget them. Yeah. On last Sunday, yourself and Josh's team with Lee Farrell to win... The zone men's triples at Hilltop and Olivia saluted in the ladies' singles champion of champions. That means a trip to Benio in May for the family, no doubt, to compete for a state title. Yeah, no, it's an exciting time, Brian. Look, we were probably disappointed in um, how we've gone in the, the last couple of region events because we're lucky enough to get through in a, in a few of them and uh, it was mentioned in the paper that uh, the GV had performed poorly I'd suppose in the in the state events so we were lucky enough on the weekend that we got through on the triples and the the singles Libby bowled extremely well in the singles and the girls got up the Shep girls Shep Park girls got up in the ladies triples and the boys in the men's four so we clean sheeted it on Sunday which was uh, a mighty fine effort. Yeah oh, look I don't think that criticism is real uh, fair to be honest we know the central is probably a, a couple of pegs below the Murray and then the GV but uh, there's some good bowls in the central, and when you get the best 
combination in any discipline, mm. you're going to be up for a battle. Well, I, I think, think it's I, any disgrace to mm. to lose to anyone from the Murray, even the Central. When you pick the four best bowlers out, mm. they're, they're normally going to be pretty competitive, aren't they? Well, I think the reality is, if best, you yeah, yeah, if you if you're winning a state title in any competition at, at any sort of grade or region, it doesn't matter how big it is, and if you're at, at that level. Well, you know, you've beaten some quality teams along the way, and then obviously you, you get yeah. to that point. I'd I'll probably throw a um, a bit of a thing there that the first game we played was the pairs. Josh and I played the pairs. Libby played the singles. I think Libby won her first game. No disrespect to the lady she played. I think she won at twenty five three. Was over in about twelve ends. Had to sit around for two and a half hours before she played mm. her next game. Mm. Mm. Um, which I think is just ridiculous. Josh and myself played, I think we played 27 ends in an 18 end final. We killed a few ends and, and, and we killed them. Um, and then was to back up in 15 minutes, turn around and play the next game. It's a stinking hot day. Yes, no one yeah. no one that played the early game that round backed up and won the second game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, so, you got, that's a point that hasn't been raised. And I should recall when I went up to one you last year. When uh, Daniel Nichols played, and we had well, there was two or three events there that day, and someone had to sit round for. I think the lady who won that day against the Central had to sit round for about two hours before she played the next match. Well, it always makes things a bit difficult, I guess, when there's three and someone goes through with the bye and has yeah, to wait. Yeah, and I, I just think, you know, why couldn't it be a sectional thing? Mm. You know, Play so, each other once. Yeah, something to discuss. Like I'd, I'd feel pretty disappointed if I was central and I had to travel, you know, a couple of hours. You turn up, you play one game, and you go on. See you later. Yeah, yeah. You know? And 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 live obviously playing singles. How does that affect your rhythm? Obviously, you've got all the bowls, so you play a, a say a quick game, um, and then you have to wait around. How long does it sort of take you to regain your your form and your rhythm after waiting for so long? Well, it's difficult. Um, obviously, like the first game I played was. Um, I bowled well, um, and the other lady was um, unfortunately she was stiff a few times, and I gained a few numbers, which obviously made it over and done pretty quick. And to be in the form I was in, to then go and wait for about I think it was close to three and a half hours mm. um, for my next match, just my rhythm just went out the window, and coming back to try and repeat that form was difficult, and I think it took me at least a good five ends to get the swing of things. Even then, I was still struggling a bit. So it's hard mm. to have that big break in the middle and to repeat and a, that. A, as you all know, the green changes. Mm. Yeah. So you play in the morning and you play in the afternoon. Yeah. The green either sweats or it quicks up. It's, mm. It is a big change. And that take no disrespect away from the players that play in the afternoon. Like We played Suddy in the yeah. pairs yeah. and they bowled unbelievably well. Yeah. Yeah. No, no disrespect to them at all. I just think the event needs to be looked at. Well, yeah. I, I mentioned it a couple of years back that I don't think Central should be... Um, Central haven't got the quality of players or the competitiveness to compete in the in the end-of-season games. I think it's a bit of a joke, really. They've got Division the 3 players. That's their... Seymour VRI, where they're the top side, and they played Division 3 up here and couldn't win a pennant. So that shows you the standard of that competition. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the players should... If they come up here and getting beaten twenty five five in every match, is that good for bowls? Well, it could change and next that's year the with the average score. <clears throat> well, it could change next year with the well, um, not in it. 
with the uh, amalgamation or the redistribution of the regions. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens with the state event uh, going forward yeah. for the region. Well, that's why the Central's been disbanded. It's such a poor competition. And this guy, 93, played second for yay. That shows how good the standard is in the Some competition. Some guys that are 90-odd, Brian, can still yeah, play. Yeah, I know they can still <laughs> play. Be careful where you're throwing stones there, mate. Dickie Dashwood. <laughs> you know. No disrespect, Dickie, if you're listening in. And, well, and, and well, the yeah. Central girls won. Like, yeah, you know, the, the a, triples or the, yeah. Yeah, no, there's some, some good bowlers. No, I'm a bit harsh probably, but that's the way yeah, I, you I are, see Brian. it. you are, Brian. That's the way I see it. <laughs> there, there's some good bowlers in Central, don't worry about that. And I'll have my earplugs in on, on Saturday when they front up. <laughs> yeah, and a bulletproof vest. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, borrow, I'll borrow Turtle's vest on Saturday. Be similar um, size, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, thanks. Thanks to Turtle, yeah. He'll appreciate you that. You better get one too. Edsel, <laughs> your first year at Tad Hilltop was a successful year in Division 1 and virtually all your teams in each division um, performed very well. However, you failed to reach the big dance with three teams bowing out narrowly last Saturday. Yeah, look, I... I to say we were disappointed would be an understatement. We had an opportunity. Um, there was probably four or five big bowls played by Tally on, in, in Div 1 alone, um, and they deserve to be where they are. Um, we probably played a better game the week before across the board with 16 players. Um, on Saturday, we probably didn't have all 16 firing at the one time, and if you're going to play Tally or you know, even Shep Park um, and Shep Gulf, to, to mention them, you need 16. You can't go in with 14 or 14 and a half. You need mm. 16. Um, but to say we succeeded for the season, eight out of 11 played finals. Um, the amalgamation between the two clubs, you're always going to get some knockers, but I think across the board it was a, success, uh, a very successful um, achievement for, for both clubs, Tatura and Hilltop, to, to come together and get every, all the sides in the finals. We had to find... It, it, you know, we had probably 138 players go through our weekend pennants. Mm. You know, so it's a lot so, of players. And we know, like I sat on the selection committee, and um, I know as a selection committee, we got some decisions wrong, as everyone would. But we had to find out who was who in the zoo. You know, who matched up with who, and you know, we probably had players that were playing in divisions last year that probably shouldn't have been where they were, um, and probably got their nose out of joint a little bit this year. But towards the end of the season. They took on board what Lee was putting down, that if you trained well, you played well, you were going to get looked at. And it's hard enough to find out all that information in one club, let alone when you put two together, and it can yeah. take you know a season probably um, at least to sort of work out who's compatible and who's you know in the right grade, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but across the board, like we blooded some new players, like especially down in the lower divisions. Um, you know, Josh and Libby Libby come across and played third for me, played exceptionally well. You know, there's potential for those, you know, Josh to move up to third, you know, Libby to even skip a rink. You know, it's it's a big thing for, for the kids. But the club in general, the the culture's changed now. So we can have that as a grounding and move forward. Um, our Div 6 bowls, Div 5, we had two Division 5s. So, you know, one of those <laughs> sides missed out. We had two Division 2s. One of those missed out in midweek. Um, so if you take those out of it, I'd say as a club we were probably the most successful coming into finals. And then it's all about winning. It's a winning culture that you have to get. Mm. Like I look at the Shep Golf, for example, they have a culture of winning. So when it gets tough... 
they know how to get out of it. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Right, so they're drilled. They know what they need to do. Um, if you look at the top side and Div 1 for, for Shep Golf, you know, they might have had two or three players swinging there through the year. So they don't change things up mm. too much. They each know their role. They do what they have to do and they get it done. You know, if it, we're, mm. we're a new club in the block, if you if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, we've had players that have played Division 1, but you put them together, <coughs> it's a new kid on the block. So I'd say we succeeded. So, Well, you definitely succeeded. I, yeah. I didn't even predict your Division 1 to make the four because I thought you'd take... A while to settle and to be, uh, and you to get your get your best sixteen on the park. You may have lot take may have only won one out of your first four or five games, and then you're behind the eight ball. We had to heat out and a wash out and that. Mm. Although, well, so you did mention you not many games to to really make the finals. Have no, you? you start you yeah. start badly. Well, you did mention sort of um, Shep Golf don't make a lot of changes and that was probably something that you guys had to spend a bit of time doing it yeah. before Christmas, finding those right combinations. And we we did with availability and, you know, work commitments with a couple of players as well, plus, you know, players were out of form. Yep. Um, and, and we were giving other players opportunities and rewarding them. Um, we look at, for example, you know, Justin Spedding towards the end of the year, you know, he, he dropped himself coming into finals. Now, everyone's forgetting that that bloke's had a hip replacement. Mm. Yep. So his whole body's changed, his yes. delivery's changed, mm. and for a bloke, he's he's got my vote any time he wants it to put himself on the block. Big gutsy the club. club. Uh, massive you know, club. A lot of people were sort of looking for a selector to knock on the back then, but, you know, they didn't realise that the, the fellow had put himself out mm. for, the, for the club. Absolutely, yep. You know? Yeah, you got to admire what he did. It he's a fantastic um, team man. That's yeah, and we had yeah you know, Gary Russell was injured at Seymour during the year trying to do a dance move on that really fantastic <laughs> green down there, um, so he wasn't right as Gary can be. Mm. You know, um, Shorty Shorty was out of form at the wrong end of the season. Jared Tinning didn't play. Mm. You know, so you know there's Ray Selwood down there, and Trevor Downey, you know, young Seth, Josh Zeros, yep. You know, those guys are all. Stepping up next year, so that's that's a core group that yep. we can draw on. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids will be better again for another year. Yep. Um, there's a potential couple of recruits that we're looking at, you know, because we changed the culture, you know. So it's a club to be at, which is exciting times. Yep. Well, the future, the future looks good. That's for sure. Yeah. No, um, you think the clubs need to merge, or you think they're better staying in their own, keeping their own entity by? Uh, having their own individual club events and all that, or do you think it'd be better if you all combined at one club and played your played under just oh, the one I, banner? I, I, I just think initially, uh, as it stands at the moment, I think the way we've done it and just combining for pennant has worked for both clubs. Yes, I'd hate to see a little club fold and lose all their history. Mm. Yes, if they can, if they can get a few more members and and whatever else, there's there's nothing down the track to say that things could change, but. To keep their identity um, as a long-standing club in the in the association, I, th- I think it's a, a positive thing for Bowls, um, and you know all those members that have been there for years. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of clubs that have looked at what we've done this year and has seen the success. And I, I wouldn't be surprised as I've spoken to Bowls Victoria. There's a few clubs in Melbourne that are looking at the same thing. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of inquiries on what we've done. Has it worked? Has it wor- hasn't worked? Well, proof's in the pudding. I reckon. We're probably the first club. Yep. In the country, in Victoria, to do it, yep. and we're the first to club to have um, um, welcome a club from who plays in two associations. 
like Seymour and VRI. Mm. There's yep. no Anne Katandra play yes. their ladies in or oh, not ladies, they play midweek and their uh, and their men play Murray. Most of their men play Saturday pennant in the Murray, so yeah, well, well, it's a bit of a trailblazer. Yeah. Well, it is. Like you look at, you know, there was talk of Marupna and Marupna Golf. You know, like yep. there's there's even talk of, you know, I'll throw one out there, Kyabram and Valley View. Mm. Like, you know, Valley View struggling a bit. They could have joined with Kyabram and, yep. you know, who knows? Keep your own identity. Yes. Look, it must be very satisfying um, and to you, David and, and Naomi, to ha- and you must to have such great... Um, the kids have performed so well and got so much ability. You must be very proud of their achievements and their meteoric rise in, <laughs> in GV ranks. And young Jacobs, an up-and-coming star. I've seen his form over there from diagonally on the Kyabram Green. <laughs> yes, With a big yep. bowl that he showed all these bowlers up, <laughs> you know, draw to the jack competition. So, yep. yeah, and he skipped in um, Division 6 and 5 this year for Hilltop, which is a... And how old are you, Jacob? 10th? Just, 11 now, just mate. Just turned 11, mate. Fantastic. Just turned 11. So he's out now. He's, he's <laughs> nearly out, a mature adult now. Yeah, you've been yeah. playing bowls for about six <laughs> years now. You're an old veteran. So so talk about what that's like, David. Obviously, bowls is a unique sport where you can obviously um, play with your, your children for a fair period of time. I mean, obviously, footy and mat, cricket probably more than footy, but it's it's a unique sport where you can have the whole family involved. And what's that been like for yourself and Naomi oh, the past few years? Oh, I probably can't say enough. I'm, I'm proud every time I walk out there and they're in the uniform and playing bowls, watching them or playing with them. Mm. To have that opportunity... You know, I'd I'd be lost without them. I'd be honest. Yep. Um, yeah. To watch them grow um, as players and as young adults, actually, you know, has been a, a credit to probably Naomi more than me because I've been working. So she's yeah done a power of work with the kids. But I think them being around the senior bowlers, like um, at Kai, watching watching myself play and and being involved there, they know the rights and wrongs of the game. Yeah. Um, I think bowls is a very good leveler for for younger kids if they want to get into it. That, that, that there is an etiquette side of things that you have to learn. You know, you have to talk to adults. You have to pick up mm. a bowl, respect it. You know, I still see grown adults now that clap a wick and carry on, and I just sit there and and my kids will say to me, "That's not right, Dad." Mm. And I'll say, "Yeah, but you know that." Mm. You've been taught the right way. It's a, it's the social skills that you pick up that's more important than yeah. the the um the wins and losses at the end of the day, really. Oh, yeah, it is. And and I still use the line. You know, I think it was Greg Schilling told me one day. He said, "Get learn how to lose the game because you're going to lose more than you'll ever win." Mm. And that's what I've taken to my kids and and passed it on. And yep, you know, it was it was not long ago that. Um, somebody said to me, he goes, oh, you're you're a bit harsh on your kids as an opposition player. And I said, well, you know what? We're not we're not bowling. They're not my kids. They're Division One bowlers. Mm. They earn the right to be here, mm. so they get treated like everyone else. At the end of the day, we'll talk to each other like father and daughter or father and son. Yeah, but during the game, they're Division One bowlers. Yep, they know that. You know, and and the guy actually said to me, he goes, "I never looked at it that way." Mm. I said, "Well, you have to." Yep, because otherwise you get too emotionally involved and yeah, 
can go pear shape pretty quick. <laughs> well, I know the same playing playing club pairs with my dad and playing pennant with me old man and, and that sort of thing. Uh, well, I shouldn't say old, but um, yeah, you do you can get emotionally involved at times because yeah. you know obviously you have a relationship that goes further than the game that you're trying to play. So um, yeah, um, question for Olivia, and we've got Josh in the hot seat now. Um, if you were playing a, a pairs game with your dad, so mixed pairs or men's pairs, and you, you, your dad's on the mat and he needs to get shot on the last end, would you rather back him to drive or draw to get the shot? Olivia? Um, how big's the target? <laughs> wow, good See? question. See? <laughs> uh, he's, he's got two foot to draw or he can put the jack in the ditch. I'd back him to draw. Draw? Front knocker. Yeah. Josh? Whack it. Whack it, yeah. And Dave, um, same question for you. If you were playing pairs with Liv, would you back her to drive or draw with two foot? Or and same for Josh. Draw, draw with Libby, no brainer. Yep. And Josh, either way, he's buying at the moment. Draw, draw as well. Yeah. 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 You know, he's come a long way with his draw game, and that's probably credit to Lee. Um, yep. This year, he's been put back on the mat leading at the moment. Yeah, uh, in the last couple of games, and his draw games come on leaps and bounds. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, he played a tournament on Sunday, uh, Monday, sorry, at Stanhope, and I was alongside him. And there was probably four or five heads that I seen he would have whacked. Yeah, he would have claimed just let's start again, mm. but he actually backed himself to draw it within a foot. Yeah, and got him three out of four times. Yeah, so that's that's the development that I see that the kids have taken this year, yep. which has made them overall a better player. So yeah. It's a credit to both of them. And the little fella, he, he doesn't mind a whack either. Yes. But he actually drew a few on the weekend, which is pretty, on Monday, which is pretty impressive for a young fella. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're saving the best till last. So we'll have a bit of a chat to Jacob and we'll, and Naomi and we'll talk a little bit about their games. Um, Dave, yeah, so um, Tad Hilltop this year, the first year is the merged entity. Um, so obviously the season before you're at Tongala and then the season before that you're at Kyabram. So sort of your third club in three years. Um, how's the transition been and is this Tad Hilltop somewhere you see yourself sort of settling for the foreseeable future? Yeah, well, it was before I left Kai, there was a, a potential move probably two years before that to go to Tony. Yeah. Um, it was only Greg Schilling that kept me there for, for another couple of years in the coaching role. Yep. Um, and then we parted way there, and I, I went back to Tony. I always said to Tony, if I left Kai, I'd give them the opportunity to go and play with Tony, and thoroughly enjoyed it. Look, mm. I had a ball over there, and we, we played finals, and, and we were probably stiff not to make the grand final there. Um, then the opportunity to come up with a job at Hilltop, mm-hmm. and I was playing midweek there to help them out while I was working there uh, last year. Yep. And then the kids moved across. Thoroughly enjoy it. Mm. You know, best move I've made. Yeah, you know, the club. I couldn't thank them enough for how they embraced all of us as bowlers and and as a family. You know, I think it was the first night there. Um, I think Kevin uh, Gunner Ryan. I think actually dropped his wallet and something come out and he bought us all tea. Yeah. Um, just to say thank you for what we'd done and hopefully would do for the club. But mm. doesn't. We thoroughly enjoy it and we've been embraced by the whole club and 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 speaking for Naomi and all the kids. Yeah. You know, we're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, 
Olivia, you obviously you've had a massive year with the state events, the um, the late uh, the girls under eighteen side, um, runner up in the the champion of champion singles at Warnable. So you're down playing state events. Tell us um, a little bit about your season, um, where you think you've, your game's improved. Obviously, playing in some of those biggest state events and um, what your hopes are sort of going, you know, ahead to next season and beyond with your bowls. Um, well, I guess it has been a pretty hectic year from missing out on last year's season, well, my season in the under-18s. Um, yeah. was difficult because of corona and not having those tests was a bit challenging, but to have yep. local um, games still go ahead has improved my game a lot. Mm-hmm. And personally, I believed in just reading the head and being more confident in my calls, um, moving up and playing third to dad has helped because we know each other's games and me personally I've gained more confident in calling and knowing that he'll get it mm-hmm. and just the overall um I think just the involvement in the team as well I've yep. got more confidence to you know yell out go doggies or yeah Cheer on people's balls and you're not quite at Ross Coulston levels though yet. No, just quite no. yet in Roscoe, your encouragement. No, no Roscoe's <laughs> got me by a mile. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about uh, obviously playing in some of the state stuff and playing uh, Div One pennant for Tad Hilltop. Who are some of the players that um, you know have really challenged your your game and your skills? And someone that you've thought, yeah, look, um, if I can sort of get to their level, you know, I'll be doing really well. Someone that you you've sort of um, it's been a bit of a challenge for you on the greens to play against or um, play with as well, someone that you've admired. Um, well, in the state stuff, in all the state local events, um, good old Jeannie Sprague, she's <laughs> been a bit of a competition. Um, I think we're one all now in the champion and champs, so she's a bit of a tough one to knock off. But, um, look, I'd always admire Jean and forever will. She's helped me grow in my game and yep. as a person as well. And... Um, Playing Div 1 for Hilltop, I guess, um, I'm glad I'm on some people's team. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look, uh, with Lee playing this year, um, I'd like to get to his level where he's played at NT and um, Mm -hmm. I just admire his um, game and the way he treats people is just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, he sort of seems like that um, he's a coach that everyone would want to play for the way he communicates to not just the um, the more experienced players in the team but the likes of yourself and your brother Josh as well coming, just learning the ropes as well. Yep, he's a really down-to-earth guy and he's willing to give up his time to help improve anyone's game no matter your age, your ability or just your general what you want to achieve, whether it's a draw or your ball's not coming out or I'm too wide, I need help on my drive. He's willing to make that time to improve your game. Fantastic. And Josh, obviously you've had a a massive year as well. Uh, uh, The youngest winner of the men's state pairs and the state triples. Um, Tell us about, you know, what that experience was like and, um, you know, to achieve something so young, um, you know, obviously you want to set the bar much higher now. Um, What are you hoping to get out of bowls in the next few seasons? Um, just wanna just wanna get like more challenge yep. myself, like a bit more like yep. I feel like I can go to a more higher level. Yep. Like 
I'm probably a bit low at the moment, but I reckon I can reach the... Oh, well, I, I, I reckon you're probably one of the highest ones sitting in the studio at the moment with a couple of state titles under your belt. But um, tell us what it's like sort of playing in those big finals. And obviously, your dad was there to sort of help maybe calm your nerves and talk you through certain shots. But um, when you're in the moment and it's just you on the mat... Um, What's that pressure like playing against you know some of the better bowlers in the GV in those state finals? Yeah, that's a lot of pressure, but you just think you got another like you don't always think there's another bowler behind you and you leave it up to them. But you want to just give it your best shot. But if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if you try, you try, and you get it, you get it. Yeah, yeah. And so, what's something you really focused on in your game this past season to um, obviously be really competitive in state events and things like that, and push up into the Division One side? What's something you've spoken to, whether it's your dad or, or Lee at um, Tat Hilltop with the coaching? What's something you've focused on to improve your game? Uh, probably my draw bowling. Yeah, like my draw bowling hasn't been the best. Lately, but I reckon I've taken it to another level this year. Yeah, yeah. And talk a little bit about obviously your first experience playing Division One pennant finals, and obviously last week against Tally, um, it would have been a really intense feeling being close most of the afternoon in the overall board. Um, so what was that like? Obviously, being a leader, you know the importance of setting up your skipper each end. Um, what did that feel like being out there last week in a pre- big prelim? It's a lot of pressure. Like <laughs> you're standing on the mat, you're shaking and. Yep. You go, oh, don't want to stuff this up. Yep. If I stuff it up, we might lose the game. But if you stuff it up, you stuff it up. But yep. you always got to think there's three more bowls come behind you. So. Yeah, yeah. And what are you hoping to um, to achieve next year? Obviously, leading in Div 1 this year, do you hope to push up and play third or skip or second? or? I don't really mind where I play. I just want to beat Shep Golf in the granny this year. So. <laughs> I, th- I, think, I, I think there's a lot of people gunning for them and obviously um, they're going for six in a row this weekend. But um, talk. I want to talk a little bit about as well, obviously, um, being teenagers and, and playing lawn bowls. It can be sort of around here a lot of guys... Um, Boys and girls play netball or footy or whatever. What's it like being at school amongst your friends? And are you the only ones that play bowls amongst your friendship groups and things like that? Have you tried to talk any into coming in out to Tat Hilltop or? Nah, a few people play bowls, but we've got school bowls coming up in a couple of weeks. So yep. I think there's about 15 kids doing that. So Yeah, tell us a little bit about that as well. Um, P, Kai P12 College yeah, was successful so, recently. Yeah, we're the primary school. Yep. So we looked after. I look after those. Um, we went through and won the our section. So we head off to Swan Hill, I think. Yep. So we had Jakey and Charlie Boswood and that from Kai, and we had a couple of kids from school. You know that they're the kids that don't get picked for football. They're the kids that don't get picked for cricket or tennis. Mm. And, and to see them develop, like in three weeks or four weeks, I had them for, and and to pick up a bowl and say, well, litter rings on the inside. To actually getting to the game, going if I roll that bowl out, what do I get? Mm. You know the growth you see in those kids is amazing. And then mm. you know we got the the secondary schools coming up, so put the list up, and Josh comes home and he goes, "You wouldn't believe it, there's about sixteen names up there already." Mm. You know where last year we only had two sides. I think this year we're going with four or five. Yep. You know so, and that's on the back of Libby and Josh. Mm. You know they've seen the success that you know the kids are having and. And they're, they're looking outside of football and cricket because maybe they weren't big enough to get a game of footy or, you know, bowls ain't that bad. You mm. know, the night bowls, the, the Wednesday night bowls where the music's on and people are having fun and dressing up and everything. Yep. It's more attractive. The BPL's made the game more attractive. Mm. It's quick. It's it's fast. So, you know, the, the kids are looking for it. Mm. You 
know. So I think Bowls Victoria and that, and Bowls Australia need to be patted on the back for that. And and the clubs yep. that embrace it, yep. are seeking the are seeing the rewards of the kids playing. And, and yeah, and, oh, well, I think they can be the biggest advertisement for the game because oh. you know, obviously, kids talk and they're they're there. They see each other every day at school, so the word yeah. of mouth can really make it grow in yeah. in a hurry. So, well, talking to JT. <laughs> Tony last week, he said I had to have two sections. So we run one at Tongala and one at Moama because there were so many kids entered. Yep. You know, at primary level. So he said it's just amazing what the Golden Valley and the, the country regions are doing with junior bowls. Yeah, fantastic. So. Um, we might get Jacob into the hot seat, so either Olivia or Josh can, can exit and we'll get um we'll get Naomi. the main the main show, should we call him, Dave? Naomi yeah. And Naomi as well, yes. Yeah, you better get the boss on. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, but while we're getting them in the chair, we'll just cut to a quick ad break from our loyal sponsors. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepparton Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at 101 Fry Street, Shepparton, or phone 5821 1556. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepparton Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at 101 Friar Street, Shepparton, or phone 5821-1556. All right, we're back on board and we've got um, the next uh, contingent of Cartwrights in the hot chair and we've got young Jacob Cartwright who has just turned 11 and is the next protege in the family. Jacob, can you tell us about your involvement in lawn bowls? Um, How many years have you been playing for? Three. And can you tell us a little bit about your season? Because you were skipping in Tat Hilltop's Division 6. Tell us how your rink went throughout this season. Yeah, a bit average. A bit average? Yeah. Who was in your team? Uh, um, oh. thanks. Yeah, thanks, Jake. <laughs> a bit average. I would, wouldn't be surprised if there's not much dinner on the table for you. So tell us what skipping was like. What's the key to being a good skipper? What have you learned about that role? Uh, just keeping your team interested in yeah, keep staying nice and positive. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and when you're a skipper, um, do you prefer to, if you need to get shot at the end of the, the, at the end, do you prefer to drive or draw? Mostly drive. Drive. And what's your what are you accurate or? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Yes, we've upset a few of the opposition when he's been driving, so it's. He doesn't need to drive when he's that age. And go, yeah, he does. (laughs) Yeah, yep. And who taught you how to drive accurately? Who's been your biggest coach, sort of, in your career? Uh, Dad. Dad. And and who's who probably hits more drives out of you and Dad? Do you think? Probably me. You okay? We might have to have a little driving competition. uh, Try and get that televised one day. Um, fantastic work, Jacob. Naomi. Um. Tell us about the discussions around the meal table at, at, at the Cartwright house. Is there much more than bowls that's said or is there? No, no. It's just generally a lot of bowls, a lot of salt and pepper shakers of shots played during the day or did you see that shot? Did you see that wick? But, um, yes, it's very intense even on the trip home because now that David works a few nights and Livy also works a few nights. So in yep. car trips there's a lot of bowls talk and, yep. and things like that. And we often take a... A busload of kids on tour with us because yes. we've got a Kia, so we can fit seven kids in the car. Yeah, and we'll often often take the GV Devils to places, so that creates a lot of conversation as well. Yeah, um, Jay said he turned off Steve and Naomi like me yesterday. Go into your role with a with a legend in Dave Hardy, 
missed three turnoffs to your rower and had to detour on dirt roads to get there 15 minutes after the start. Well, in saying that, we took the kids to a tournament in Dalesford in January and the Google Maps took us down a dirt road and we're gone. We're lost, we're lost, but we weren't lost. It just took us on a shortcut. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. It's great great that obviously there's so much bowls on around the region that you can take, you know, the young ones too to really get their experience up in tournament or pennant play, whatever it may be. Yes, yeah, there is a few bits. Um, Even coming up the school holidays, we've got um, about 15 GV Devils kids playing in the Dugney Bone at Benigo East before the kids play in their under-18 state champions. So we've, I think, yeah, all 15 are playing for five days, which is which is great. And then we've got some other tournaments coming up as well. Fantastic. And Jacob, can you tell us about some of the other um, younger players in the Div 6 side that um, played with you this year? Who were some of the other players in the in the other rinks and, or in your team? Uh, Maddie. Yep. And Matilda. Matilda. And, and do you enjoy having them in the team as well? It must make you, you know, really enjoy your Saturdays out at the bowls, being able to play with a few of your friends? Yeah. Yeah? And what's the best thing about bowls, do you think? Uh, driving. Driving? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the KFC on the trip home. The KFC. Well, there's a few Tat Hill top players that are into the KFC, David. Yeah, I, was I, there some sort of commercial arrangement yeah, happening think, there? We're actually looking for a sponsorship next year, so... You know, KFC, are, uh, they're close, I think. <laughs> Fantastic. And um, just before we um, we wrap up, Dave, I just want to get your comparison. Obviously, being at Tony last year, um, the Campaspe Bowls division compared to the GV, um, you know, there's some – obviously, Moama are generally pretty strong and Tony made finals when you were there last year. It's yeah. um, the, the top end's pretty handy. Oh, they play a different game. Yep. They definitely play a different game. Um, what I know, so I was only there for a season, but – the, the top sides play the conversion game. Yeah. Um, even Tony, to a point, they had a lot of draw bowls that were standouts, like the Barry Tinnings and, you know, you name 15 Tinnings over there, but yep. they play that draw game mm. where Moama seemed to play that conversion game. Mm. Um, Echuca City, when they were there, like um, Jeff Beattie and Rayner and yep. a couple of others, they, they had a couple that played a conversion game. When I went to Tony, we changed it up. We played that conversion game, which which helped them a lot. Mm. Golden Valley, if you don't play conversion games, you're not in the mix. Yeah. You know, and, and Shep Golf are standout at it. Their leads, I was talking to Lee about it the other day, that the lead bowl is behind. Second bowl is behind. Yeah. They're hunting the kitty all day. Yeah. The kitty doesn't stay still. Yeah. Right, if you're doing that, then if you're just trying to get close, you're going to get caught with your pants down when they get it. Yeah. Because there's three or four waiting all the time. Yeah. Um. That's the difference I've seen in the Golden Valley uh, across the board. This year has been the strongest comp. Yeah. Um, obviously, with Tally coming in, us joining up with Tatura, East picking up a few players with Beatty, who, who I rate very highly. Yeah. Rainer, obviously. Um, you know, and there's no reason you guys can't, you know, you were there again this year. Mm, yeah. Uh, probably a disappointing side would be, would be Kai. Um, yeah. Not, not getting there a couple of games. Yeah. Um, but again, there's nothing to say they can't take that next step. Yeah. You know, so the competition sees pretty good. I don't know how it's going to work next year if Shep Park, um, Shep Golf, sorry, win Div 2. Yeah. That might throw a 
whole new look on things. Yeah, yep. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, um, they've still got one more to go, and Marupta being the fairy tale story of Division Two. But um, and again, as well with um, the Murray amalgamation thing, as well, might create yeah. a different outlook for the comp. Well, it will too, and you know, I know there was a lot of guys apparently at Shep Golf this year that played for that opportunity to win six in a row. Yeah. Um, if it does happen, mm. do they stay next year? Mm. Well, I think that I think sort of maybe there might have been talk after four that they might have gone to five. You know, I guess you keep winning, and uh, it's hard to leave a winning side. That's right, exactly right. You know. um, so, getting on to the grand final before we we let the family go. Um, your tip, obviously, um, played both sides throughout the year. Played tally last weekend. Um, tally v Shep Golf. What are your thoughts on the grand final this Saturday? Who can who's going to win and why? Um, I'm not going to say a winner, but I'll say the best front end wins. Yep. Um, back end, I think they're both very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but the front end is where you're going to win that game. Yep. You know, if Tally's front end can deliver, they can match it with Shep Golf. Yeah. Then that'll go a long way. Then it'll be either you know mid side bottom trailing kitty like he did on the weekend, or Robbo playing a bomb. Yeah. You know. Dorsey and Audrey the week before play two bombs. Yeah. You know, whoever plays that bomb at the right time at the at the crucial end of the game will win. Yeah. At the front end dominates yep. the outcome. Yeah. So you're tipping it'll be as close as the first final, sort of less than 10 to 15? You'll know after 10 ends. Yeah. Yeah. After 10 ends, you'll know who wins it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Naomi, have you got a tip before? Um, Probably Shep Golf. I reckon Shep Golf will... Win, yeah. But Tally played some pretty big bowls on the weekend and if they can do that, it's anyone's game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll just do a quick straw poll around the studio. Josh is going for Tally, Olivia. In the middle, she's tipping a draw. We'll come back next week. <laughs> and Jacob, lucky last. Shep, golf or Tally? Uh, golf. Golf. So six in a row. Fantastic. Do we know, do we know we're playing at Shep Park? Carpool yeah. grass. Grass, it's on the foundation green. So causing a bit of conjecture, which we'll touch on a bit later on in the show, but um, obviously the venue was decided before Christmas um, and um, it's got, you know, obviously the last two finals have been played on grass and they've opted to, to stick with that, that method. So, I mean, both sides have got to play on it. So hopefully we get the spectacle that, you know, we probably got in the qualifying final. Um, the green will probably yeah. be slightly slower than a Stanhope or a Shep Golf, but that's yeah. all we can ask for. Yeah, it'd be disappointing if it wasn't. When you've got venues like that that it, that, that proved that the best bowlers will perform. Mm, yeah. You know, it took that sort of chance out of it. Yes. Um, and you can see both games are close, Shep Golf and Tally. Mm, yep. Both good draw bowling greens. Mm, yep. Shep Golf last week was sensational. Yep. Close game. Yeah, I'd, I'd hate to see the final not ruin, but just have a dirty look on it if it's not a bit of chance or luck coming yeah, into it. Yeah, I'd, I'd be filthy on that. Yeah, yeah, and I think look, you know, um, the, t- that, the that's top. No disrespect to Shep. No, nah, that's if right. It had it been another and, venue, the same. And they've put and they've put a power of work into their greens. Rob Thorne and his greens committee that would be commended on. Obviously, they knew they were having the grand final a long way out, and they've put a power of work in recent times to to get them up to a grand final standard. And um, obviously, these are the best two sides. They were one and two on the ladder, and um, we just want to see them go toe to toe in a in a really tight struggle all afternoon, and the best side come out on top. 
Well, I hope I hope the Greens fantastic. I mean, I was I never played on it all year because no. you blokes want to play on, on that carpet. carpet all the time, <laughs> um, which yes. obviously obviously gets you guys to finals. But yes, I yeah. don't think it helps you when you get to the pointy end. Yeah, look, we've we've sort of touched on that on the show, and that's probably Park's Achilles' heel. Um, if if we're to take that next step, we need to really start playing on quicker grass throughout the season to get used to it when the whips are cracking in the in the bigger games. It's yep. um and it. It just went to show the last or our first final, and obviously last week, you know, on real quick greens, um, you know, that's when the best sides come to play, and the better draw bowlers can can make yeah. it happen. Yeah, no, absolutely, fantastic. Well, um, thanks for uh, making the time to come in. Obviously, all all the whole family, um, we really appreciate the support for the podcast and being able to hear from everyone. Yeah, um, just before um, we go, yes. can I just have a, a little advertisement for a tournament? Yes. Um, the GV Devils have a fundraising tournament on Sunday, March the 21st. It's a twilight tournament. Okay. 4.30 for a 5pm uh, bowl-off. Yes. So it's a disco theme. Um, dress up. Yeah, dress yes. up. Teams of four. Yep. If you want to check out the Goblin Valley Devils Facebook page um, or... Yeah, it's not on the GV Facebook All page. for a good cause. Yes. yes, just to help the kids um, get some funds to take them to state and different tournaments. Absolutely. Otherwise, if there's any sponsors out there that would love to support the kids, we'd love to have them on board. Any raffle prizes or anything like that, please let us know. Fantastic. Yeah, all right. Thanks well, for letting us come in and have a chat. No dramas and yeah. um, all, the, all the best for, um, you know, congratulations on the season you've had as a family and all the best at Tad Hilltop for, you know, the future to come. Yeah, no worries, guys, and uh, congratulations on what you do with the show. I know it's been um, very well received across the Golden Valley, and uh, it's a credit to all of you. Much, well done, guys. much appreciated. Thanks very much, Dave and family, and good bowling at Bendigo, and I hope you enjoy the finals, even though you're not in them. Thank you. <laughs> After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepherd and Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at 101 Fry Street, Shepparton. Or phone five eight two one one double five six. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepherd and Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at one hundred and one Friar Street, Shepparton. Or phone five eight two one one double five six. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepherd and Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at 101 Friar Street, Shepparton, or phone 5821-1556. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepparton Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at 101 Friar Street, Shepparton, or phone 5821-1556. Week review. All right, and we are back. Tyler's got his microphone back, so we'll get into the next part of the show. Fantastic work, Brian, uh, getting the Cartwright family here. Obviously, uh, had a big season, and we've been trying to work on them all year, and you've managed to get it in the biggest show of the year. Yeah, thanks, Ash. No, it's, uh, they've got to give up their time and everything, but I've found all the guests I've asked have come on willingly, and um, it's a great promotion for bowls to have... Uh, they have a particular the family like that. There's no other family in Victoria like the Cartwrights, and they're just a fantastic story. And yeah, I think uh, they all contributed to the program, which is great. Awesome. We'll get into the Saturday pennant review from preliminary final weekend, mate. Take it away, Div Six. 
Yeah, in um, Div 6, Nagambi and Park were tied on 49 each after 50 ends. But in the extra end, Nagambi snagged two shots and snatched victory. Colin Miller's rink was the match winner by two over Lloyd Morrison. And Nagambi's Arch Patterson drew with Park's Norm Mitchell Moore. In Division 5, in another extra end final, Tally 69 prevailed against a valiant Tad Hilltop by one shot. 68. Tally won only one at three rinks, with Dwight Goodman's rink of Colos Neil Cooper and Damian Whitford winning 31 16 against Laurie Merritt of Tad Hilltop. Ken Cornell defeated Rob Benny by 11, and Andrew Willison defeated Ron Jones by three. In Division 4, another absorbing, absorbing final saw Stan Ape defeat a brave Kai, Abram by six shots. They were a successful Stan Hope on three out of four rinks. Ken Hopner by 12 over Graham Woodcock. Peter Myers by one over Judy Wright. And Whopper Williams by one over Nardo De Petta. The Evergreen Ray Harrison of Kai won by eight shots over Stan Hope's Hayden Crilly. In Division 3, for the second successive week, Marupna Golf were involved in a pulsating final and finish. It took two extra ends to decide the encounter and when the dust settled, Marupna Golf finished uh, clear by two shots across the, f- across the four rinks on the second end replay. I was present to witness the last 30 ends and no more than one or two shots separated the two teams with scores being level half a dozen times. A good crowd witnessed the enthralling conclusion. Shep Golf was so close yet so far f- from giving the club three grand finalists. That's one, two and three. Marupna Golf won on only one rink, that of Jim Tweddle, Dev Sleeve, Laurie McCartney, Ken Weber, who surprisingly um, defeated Frank Ivac 40-10, to 10, Johnny Tucker by 16 over Cheryl Emmett, Warren Snow by 10 over Noel Holden, and Brian McEnany by 2 over Craig O'Shannessy. A significant turnaround for Jim Tweddle's rink as he was, as he was um, beaten by about 20 shots by Max Hammond of Seymour the previous week. So a, lock, uh, a week's a long time in bowl. Yeah, you can go from chocolates to boiled lollies quickly all the other way as well. Yeah, boiled yeah. lollies to chocolates. That's exactly right. In Division 2, Tad Hilltop and Marupna fought out an epic battle at Shep Park Bowling Club and I thought the Green bowled pretty well. That's where the grand final is for Division 1. And this was another that went to the wire with Marupna having a one or two shot advantage for most of the last 20 ends. Tad Hilltop could... Tad Hilltop could not overtake them, get their nose in front in the final few ends, and Marupna completed a fine performance, winning by four shots. Bruce Anselmi defeated Trevor Downey by nine, Scott Donaldson by seven over Merv Knight, and Max McKee and Andrew Cross drew their rings. Ray Selwood, Tad Hilltop had a good win over Darren Kelly by 12. Told you the Marupna boys would uh, make the grand final. You, <laughs> you've been potting me all season. No, I picked them. I picked them. I didn't pick them the first week, but no. The fairy tale's on. Uh, good afternoon, also, boys. Uh, good, to, good to be on the show. <laughs> Thanks very much, Tyler. In Division One, another tremendous final that had everyone watching in suspense. After fifty odd ends, when Tad Hilltop hit the front <coughs> after trailing all match up until then. After twelve ends, tally fourteen eight, twenty four ends. Tad Hilltop led 2019. After 32 ends, tally 36 25. 36 ends, 41 25 to golf. And they led 47 to 35 at Smoko. 
Uh, Peter Lassur, Tad Hilltop, inflicted mid-side bottom tally, second final loss in a row. 27-22, and Russell Locke managed to hang on against the resurgent Mark Ryan's rink, 19-18. Brett Gunning's rink of Mick Hanna, Tom Goodman and Guy Madigan defeated Tad Hilltop coach Lee Farrell by seven. And Matty Robertson uh, defeated Denzel Cartwright's rink by five. Tell, Tad Hilltop are out of finals after a great first season as a combine. And full credit to Lee Farrell, a top bloke and a coach who deserves a lot of credit for his handling of two clubs merging together or pennant. It was and an out- outstanding weekend of preliminary final bowls. 21 shots separated the six divisions yeah. combined. And, and it's been amazing how many finals across midweek and Saturday in the first couple of weeks have gone to extra ends. Like, you m- might be lucky to get one in, say, two two seasons, but we've had a couple on the same weekend, which is, you know, just goes to show the tightness of some of the comps in the GV this year. For sure, and the double overtime in uh, in Div 3, uh, oh, obviously. And, um, outstanding. Very, uh, would have been very... Um, Exciting for for the fans, but pretty nerve wracking for uh, for the bowlers. Denzel Cartwright probably wasn't the person to ask, but I, well, I guess we can discuss it now. Do you reckon Lee Farrell will coach Tad Hilltop next season and make the commitment to come down from Darwin again? And, jo- be- and Jock Hicks likewise. I believe he will. Yeah, you for believe sure, yeah. for sure. I would say. Yep. Yeah, no, I spoke to him uh, yesterday, and he was. Very excited and looking forward to uh, coming back next season. Uh, although he was already uh, on the way to Darwin as of this weekend, I believe. So yeah, look, it's um, it is a massive commitment that he's made. You know, to come down from Darwin, I think he has got his caravan at Tat Hilltop Bowls or Hilltop Bowls Club, um, and you know, so it is a big. Um, period that he's down here for and obviously the weather's much different and, and that sort of thing and, and Jock Hicks came down after Christmas but certainly if they could have those two for all or half the season um, and then as Denzel said they've got a couple of recruits that they're targeting um, so they're certainly on the build. They certainly are. No, look, they couldn't afford to lose him and I don't think E. Shep can afford lose Brett Bryan or even I hope him and Beattie stay. If they want, you you can't afford to lose any top players, particularly after the impression they've made. The same with Lee Farrell and well, they're so they're hard to get, track. aren't they? They are. Like and, you know, good bowlers don't just grow on trees or turn up to to a club. You know, you've really no. got to work hard to get them, and sometimes it can be multiple years. Like Lee Farrell was here maybe th- two, three or four years ago, and and let and, three years ago, yeah, three years ago, and then they've worked on him. Kept that relationship and got him back this year. So well, that shows you what uh, Denzel said, David Cartwright. What a great club Hilltop are, and you don't come all that way. Mm. I mean, he was appointed coach, but Jock Hicks is, and Louise Hicks and uh, Lee's and Lee's wife, Catherine, yeah, Catherine have all come back. So it must have, that that's a great Philip for uh, Tatura Hilltop's bowling club. What, who do you reckon they might be targeting? We, I, I, I know David well enough to say he wouldn't mention the names, but what do you think they need based on what you saw on Saturday? Well, I've, I've got some breaking news, but do you want me to hang on to it to the end of the show? I reckon I should. Yeah, all right. Well, I've, I've got a couple of names that I reckon they might be targeting. Billy Hatsy, is that the... Well, could be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we'll go into the midweek uh, review of grand finals, and Brian can sit on his little... Little bomb that he's going to drop on the last podcast of the of the season. Midweek review, grand finals from Tuesday just gone. Division five, Kai caused an upset when they downed the favourites, Katandra West at Shep Golf Bowls Club by nine shots. One rink each. John McFadden's rink uh, won by eighteen over Marie Ash. 
and that was the uh, the match winner in the overall scheme of things. Top skip for the season, Fiona Rourke of Katandra West, one by nine over Robin Barrett. So uh, promotion to Division Four awaits Katandra West next season if they have the extra four players required. So can they go up? They didn't win. Kai, uh, Kai, you mean? Yeah, Kai. Yeah. Kai, sorry. sorry. Yeah, yep. I probably um, stuffed that no, up. No, that's all right. Uh, Division Four, Nagambi completed their undefeated premiership season, won by a big margin of 29 shots against uh, Merrigan with Rob Page back in the lineup. Three, the They won all three rinks. Lynn Sinden won by 16, Angel Mannequin by nine, Fiona Smith by four, um, and Joe Chant got within four of uh, runner-up skip of the year, Fiona Smith. So that's Nagambi up to Division Three, and don't think any surprises there, Brian. They were the benchmark all year. No, they were. They, they probably need to pick up a few players next year, but Nagambi, a retirement town, I can't believe it's not bowlers. Mm. Everyone that comes up there must be a, a golfer. Apparently, uh, yeah, they're golf. Uh, there's no bowlers. Yeah. They're all golfers, so it's incredible they can't snag a couple of players. Well, and given the bypass now, you don't have trucks going in and out of the town, so anyone who wants to retire there on the lake, um, you know, it would be an attractive option. But um, nonetheless, good luck to Nagambi next year in Division 3. They've certainly earned the right after their season in Division 4 this year. Division 3, Stanhope caused the boil over of the finals, defeating previously unbeaten Shep Park by 10 shots. They led all match and won two rinks to one. Hayden Crilly's rink of Ken Hopner, David Grant and Tina Harris won by 12 over Keith Dudley. Jenny Crilly also won for Stanhope. Uh, Wes Gibbs beat Jamie Stokes. So Stanhope causing the boil over and getting back into Division 2, which is good news for them because, you know, probably five or six years ago they were in Division 1 and it's been a bit of a steady decline since, but um, things are obviously on the way up at Stanhope. Yeah, well, they've got they've got quite a lot of young girls and that playing weekends. I don't suppose they can play midweek when they've got school, school and everything. Yep. But a few of them might um, might get jobs next year and they might be able to get, uh, you know, if they work part-time, they might be able to play midweek, which would be good for the club. Yeah, and certainly we had Ben Fletcher on last week and he spoke of, you know, the, the culture of building at the club with a lot of new bowlers coming in. So things are certainly on the up at... Stanhope there, congratulations. Division 2, in a pearler of a match befitting a grand final, East Shepparton um, proved yeah, that they were the best side in Division 2, but not without a massive fright from a valiant Shep Golf, winning by the narrowest of margins, one shot. Jeff Cobbledick's last bowl of the match failed to alter the head for Shepparton Golf to get them either a draw or premiership glory. Stacey Colley is ranked one by 15, they were the game-breaker. Um, Stephen Hawkless saluted by 12, um, and Graham Barber and Jeff Cobbledick drew on their rink. So East is now back in the Edna Harling Shield, which would be the, probably the first time in oh, six or seven years, I'd say. East led by 16 shots after 56 ends, but golf reduced the margin to four after 66 ends and got within one, uh, you know, uh, after the 75th and final end. East has probably been, you know, really primed for this all year, and it's great to see they'll get an opportunity back in Division 1 because they've certainly got a side to be competitive enough, Tyler. Yeah, for sure. I was there and um, saw the game. Uh, it was a really great finish on Graham Barber and uh, Jeff Cobbledick's rink, yep. I believe it was. Yep. Um, the second last end, uh, the big board showed East up by two, but golf held two 
and Barber's come down, um, sat the shot bowl, rocked in for one, and that that was really the 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 shot that they needed. It gave them enough breathing space on the last. Um, although golf uh, did start with two shots and and two pretty near it, but um, Karen Truen drew third shot, uh, foot short of the kitty, and then uh, put in what was fourth shot at the time, sort of three foot back from the kitty to the right, so that the, both, both couldn't go, and uh, it allowed Barber to just um, cover with his last two. Yeah, and a fittest 70-year-old in the yes. association, he raced down the green after his first one, and uh, Ashley might know this phrase pretty well, you don't chase you-know-what down the green. Yes. And I thought, Graham, don't chase this one, please. It looked like a similar bowl, but he played it played it to perfection. Can't judge the line side on. And he sat the bowl out like Tyler said and jumped about six foot up in the air. It's a wonder he didn't injure himself on the way down. Yeah, he... And the crowd just went absolutely mad, and that was a match-winning shot. There's no doubt about it. Well, he, he might be on, though, one of those next um, Toyota ads with the oh, what a feeling, uh, the Brian <laughs> jumping six foot in the air there. But um, he's certainly passionate about his bowls, Graham, and he's had a yeah. fantastic season. Congratulations his... to him, too. Absolutely. And E. Shepard, and back in... The Edna Harling Shield next year certainly deserved Premiers in Division 2 after their season this year. Division 1, Shepherd and Golf completed their three-peat of Premierships when they reversed an 18-shot qualifying result, winning by 20 shots against Shepherd and Park, winning two rings to one. After 26 ends, Golf led 23-16. After 45 ends, Golf was up 43-12, which in that case I probably would have said game over. 58 ends, 55-37, and finally they won 75-55. Graham Myers won by 14. Robbie Betson won by 6. Graham Waddell drew with Die Hands. Um, Die Hands is ranked trail by 8 shots, 9-17 after 19 ends, but fought back to snatch a draw. But certainly it looks like golf, uh, the big-time the big moment again, Brian, and um, they had all the answers, and... Um, Shepherd and Park would have been bitterly disappointed with that result. Yeah, they would. They would have been. But when you look at it, they had golf had ten men, opposed to four. Um, opposed to four. four. Yeah. So ten to four. I mean, but they managed to odds. get the job done in the qualifying. Yeah, I don't think they you did. can use that as an excuse, Brian. They they beat them by nearly twenty shots in the qualifying final. So all you can say is the men played better than the ladies in the final. That's not. Anywhere near what you can say. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't think gonna, it's a gender what issue. What are you going to say? It's not a gender issue at all. Uh, all right. it's, a, it's, a, it's a boxing bout and uh, round six or seven, Parks you know, put golf on the floor and they weren't expecting them to come back in round 12. But uh, as golf does in, in midweek and weekend pennant, they, just, uh, they, they knew when to, to put the foot down and they really killed the contest before it had even begun on, on Tuesday and, and in a grand final. Uh, they were able to go on with it. Um, something well, that my, uh, my theory tough. is, oh, I won't change it, that they won because they had more men and the men were better bowlers than the ladies they played against. Right, it well, may not have happened in the qualifying, but it happened went in the most crucial match of the year, the grand final. All right, well, we'll agree to disagree on that one, but uh, I will agree with you on this. A good crowd witnessed all three um, divisions, grand, all division, midweek pennant grand finals on beautiful free-running greens. Uh, credit to Ken Sutcliffe and his great team of helpers over there at Euroa. And the Euroa ladies did a fantastic job, as usual, with their lunches. So um, 
well, well done to everyone involved in midweek pennant grand finals, um, either playing or organising, and that is midweek pennant for another season. Congratulations to all premiership winners. Yeah, congratulations all winners, and I hope uh, if you can, you get promoted next season and and you can have a chance of winning in a higher competition. All right, well, we're down to the main event. Well, we shouldn't say main event, but the last part of the show, the Saturday pennant grand finals coming up this Saturday and Sunday. Okay, we'll kick off with Division 6. Gamby won the right for another crack at Seymour VRI at East Shep. The carpet won't worry either side, and being undercover is great for the players. Now, they wouldn't have um, experienced this. I mean, it's a great setup out there, and it'd be a nice... 14 and a half second green for Division 6. I think it's ideal location. You'll see a very good game. Gary Bester was well in the quali- went well in the qualifying final, but he will find if he draws Arch Patterson's rink, a different proposition. If they Well, if they match up. And Colin Miller will probably extend Jane Wilson in the uh, VRI's other skipper. VRI have been the benchmark all year, and I feel they have the edge and experience and talent to win. Yeah, look, uh, I'm 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 going to go with Nagambi after their confidence boosting uh, tight win in the prelim last week against Shepparton Park. I'm going to give them a chance at causing the upset in the grand final. Nagambi for mine too. Okay, me old side, and I'm going against them anyway. <laughs> Weekend Division Five Grand Final. Tally have survived a tough battle against Tad Hilltop to earn a grand final spot where a confident Marupna golf awaits him. They have not met this year due to heated out in round four and COVID, COVID out in, nine, in, um, in round 13. That's uncanny. It is. Yeah. Tally a match hardened, playing right through, and this will give them an advantage, which Ash will agree with, yep. in a tight contest. Lee Wakenshaw is Marupna's go-to player. And if he comes up against Dwight Goodman, it'll be well worth the trip to watch this match. Uh, it will be exciting as these two meet, obviously. Rob Benny, Colos and Bob Jarvis and Ron Jones have the experience, whilst Bill Malins, Ken Maud, Mark Tweddle and Brenda Broughton will match them in that aspect. My tip tally by eight shots. Yeah, I tend to agree with you as well. I, I think, um, it's yeah, it is... Unbelievable that they've missed both opportunities to play each other this year. So the first sort of 20 or so ends will be crucial to see who can get the jump. Um, you know, Tally, match hardened, as you said, playing every week of the finals. I give them a slight advantage. I think it'll be another tight one, maybe five shots in it, and I'm going for Tally with Jimmy Guthrie or um, Peter Killer Brady to be crucial for Tally Garupna. Yeah, it's tally for me. Uh, I think it's pretty crucial that they get up into Div 4, um, you know, no matter what happens on Sunday. Um, I think uh, going into next season with a, a 1, 3 and 4 is much more appealing um, and I think they will get the job done. Very good. Division 4, Avonall meets Stanhope at East Shepparton Outdoor Rink. They haven't met this year due to a washout. How's that? Another two teams that haven't <laughs> met. Yeah. And they will never have met on carpet before. So this will be a different experience. They didn't meet twice because there's 12 sides in Division 4. Yes. Avonall yep. seemed to handle the carpet better than Stanhope, as Stanhope were whitewashed by Shep Park, even though it's a different car, different, same surface, um, but undercover, 
by about toward the 12th of December by about 50 shots. Right. But okay. they want to forget that experience. Both had narrow wins at East this year against lower-ranked East teams. Both sides have talent and experience to burn. Noel Slater and Spud Folletti are the most recognised players at Avenal. Um, very play a lot of tournaments and have done, been successful at pairs. And they'll skip their sides very well. And Barry Whopper-Williams, a former top player in Division 1 at uh, stand-up, he'd still get a game there. And Kenny Hopner, the 60 and over singles winner in the Goulburn Valley. So they'll be stand-up's main hopes. Whoever adapts to the carpet earliest will get an advantage, and I predict this will be Avenal, who will then proceed on to victory and the pennant flag. Yeah, I'm with you here. I think Avenal sort of is... A few weeks out from finals, looked to be the side that was building the nicest to to claim the premiership in what's been a fantastic Division Four competition all year with how tight the ladder's been. But they've sort of been the one that's jumped ahead of the pack in recent weeks, and I think they'll cap their season with the premiership. And I'm with you. Um, whoever you know, Whopper Williams is—is is he been skipping? I think he has. Has he? Yeah, he has. Yeah. And you know, if he draws Noel Slater or Spud Folletti, that that contest could decide the grand final, but I'll give Avenal the slight advantage. Stand up for mine. I think uh, they'll uh, work um, off the momentum gained yesterday in their midweek uh, premiership and uh, be able to push that forward with uh, a lot of support uh, on the side of the Greens and uh, get the job done. Yeah, good point, good point. Division 3, Marupna Golf, in another pulsating finish for the second week in a row, prevailed. After not one but two extra ends, and we'll probably have a similar scenario against their opponent uh, this week in Seymour. Seymour rely on Max Hammond's rink heavily, but their other rinks need to lift if they are to defeat Marupna Golf in the big one. Jim Tweddle's rink was sensational in the preliminary final, and will have gained huge conference after the 30-shot rink win. Uh, I think it'd be good if he went up against Max Hammond again. Uh, a bit of payback there, hopefully. Cheryl Emmett's rink has to find another gear this match if they want to stay in the contest. And it might be good if they slow the game up so poor old Cheryl isn't the last rink to finish like she was two weeks in a row. Don't put much pressure on her rink. Mm. Seymour have the edge with their skips and thirds. So Marupna Golf's front half will have to set up the heads for their thirds and skips if they are to be successful. My tip in a close one again, Seymour by eight shots. Uh, Seymour for mine. I think this is really important for them as well um, to move up into Div 2. Not that I've had it officially confirmed anywhere, but I think it'll be pretty important in deciding where the rest of their sides fall Mm. um, as the central disbands and and they fully come across. Uh, So if they can start from the starting point of Div 2, that'll be um, helping the club a lot. And I think think they will have enough to get the job done. Yeah, look, certainly um, full credit to Seymour for making the Division 3 grand final because... um, uh, two or three years ago, they were in Division 1 and they were relegated down to Division 2 and then last year they were relegated down to Division 3 and it can be a slippery slope after that point. But to see the uh, the way that they've rebounded this year and have really been probably the benchmark most of the season in Division 3 competition, um, they really, um, as Tyler said, they need to try and win this game to earn promotion in a Division 2. And I think with the likes of Max Hammond, Robbie Baldwin, Dale Salick's my X-Factor. I think he's a really underrated bowler, um, looking out for my fellow left-hander as well. Um, I think he can he can go a long way 
um, to helping Seymour's cause. And I think, you know, with that top end, I think they might just have a bit too much firepower for Marupna Golf. So Seymour for mine to get back up into Division 2. Well, we're unanimous on that one. Um, Division 2, Marupna has earned the right to challenge favourite Shep Golf for the flag and have a bigger incentive to win as they will win automatic promotion Division 1 where as Shep Golf does not want to be promoted, obviously. Marupna have flown under the radar this season, but now loom as an... Not on this podcast. What? (laughs) Tyler's been the number one ticket holder of the bandwagon all season. Well, Ashley and I reckon they've flown under the radar this season. Yep. But now loom as an even money chance to win the big dance. They have experienced campaigners in Jeff and Bruce Anselmi, Don Stevens, who have tasted grand final success before. Scott Donaldson and his dad, Alan, are also no strangers to big games. Shep Golf have been the measuring stick all season and with players of the calibre of Graham Myers, Roy Brown, Ian Ritchie, Wayne Gribble, Richard Warbert and Robbie Betson, they will be extremely hard to defeat. And I, I did leave uh, Darren Kelly's been in the finals yes. before and I predict uh, Golf will win by 20 shots. Yeah, look, I, th- I think this one might be where Marupna's run ends and... Um, if I was to pick a sort of a lopsided grand final, I think this is the one that has the potential. Um, I think Shep Golf probably expected to be facing Tad Hilltop in the grand final again because they were the only side that, that beat um, Shep Golf throughout the regular season. And I just think with, you know, their class of, you know, the likes of Graham Myers and Roy Brown's been the skipper of the year, I just think their overall depth from one to 16 is a bit, a little bit greater than Marupna's, and I think that'll carry them a long way. I, I think they'll they'll win by comfortably by uh, twenty five plus. <clears throat> I'm uh, I'm not going to jump off now, but uh, as I touched on last week, Marupna's a side that in a in a lower division has those those rings that can pop off on on any day. But in a grand final against a Shep Golf side that really is Division One standard, um, you you really need to be on it across all rinks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I just don't think. Um, I, I think it's susceptible to a to a golf side getting getting a real hold of one of the rinks, yeah. um, but I'm still going to tip Marupna because uh, I, I would love to see them promote it. Yeah, and especially the way Shep Golf plays the game, just with their voice and the way they support each other across the green. I fear um, over a hundred ends that could become a bit like a tidal wave, especially if they get momentum early. That just becomes like a tidal wave across the green. And um, and that could just overwhelm Marupna altogether. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out in the first sort of 15 to 20 ends. Yeah, I think that's when the game will be won or lost for sure, Ash. Well, the, this Division 1 now, well, the top two sides have made it into the grand final. Shep Golf undefeated this season and the newcomers tally Division 2 Premiers last season. Tally have improved each time they've played Shep Golf. Lost by 46 at home, then 25 at golf, and went down by 10 at Stanhope in the qualifying final. They did lead for a, they did lead for a considerable time in the qualifying final. Only failed the last hurdle. Mm. Mitch Sidebottom doesn't lose two on the trot very often, and he will be hoping his rink reverses that trend in the big one. Brad Orr, the big show, loves to perform on the big stage, and his opponent will have a huge task to contail his performance. Or has been best on ground in about three or four grand finals, probably in succession, out of five wins. Gunning's, Gunning's rink was good against Tad Hilltop and will need to maintain that f- 
form to stay with golf. Robbo is also a big game player and his experience will be invaluable, Telly. Rhino also has had plenty of grand final victories and seems to rise to the big occasion. Dawes and Gribble lost three games between them for the season and will be a difficult challenge. Ferguson, probably underrated, also has had his best season as a skip for golf and will be confident beating anyone he draws. I selected Tally pre-season as the champions and I believe they know what they have to do. With more pressure on Shep Golf to make it a record six wins in a row, an unbelievable record. And I'm going for Tally by eight shots. I, uh, I spoke to Tom Brady, I mean uh, Brad Orr today, um, <laughs> and uh, no, they're, they're very well aware of, of what they have to do, golf, and um, I, I think Tally does come into it with a bit less on their shoulders. They're, they've obviously been promoted from Div 2 last year, and, and making this game was probably the, the aim, uh, if not um, publicly, but, but certainly personally I would feel that um, you know, this is a game that we've been talking about for mm. 18 months, really. Look, I think it's the grand final the competition probably needed. Um, you know, As much as it was disappointing for the team that I play in Shep Park to fault the first hurdle, and we had Denzel and uh, Olivia and Josh in here, and as much as Tat Hilltop wanted to make a grand final in their first year as the merger, the big interest factor, I think, leading into the season was Tally's... Um, uh, promotion from Division 2 to Division 1 and how they would fare, obviously, after taking all before them in Division 2 last year and um, sort of cruising to the Premiership unbeaten, how they would use that top-end talent and how they would go against Shep Golf going for six in a row. So I think we've got the blockbuster uh, grand final matchup that we all hoped for. Um, I, just before I give my analysis on the game, it's, it's, it's quite interesting that... Um, both clubs have been told, Brian, that um, the Shepparton Park Foundation Green that the Grand Final's on is unavailable to practice on until Friday, which I know it's the same for everyone and it's fair, but um, surely they're entitled to have a bit longer preparation than that on the on the green they're playing on? Yeah, I would have thought they'd let them have a practice on Thursday. I mean, Well, that's generally when the pairs is played down at Shep Park, so you, you can't – is the green not going to be used? Well, I think – they get they 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 close the greens for the Vic Open. This is a very important game. Um, I don't think it would have hurt for Shep Park to have, um, but the <coughs> jackpot pairs is finished by the time they train. Yeah, so they could go in the afternoon, couldn't they? Yeah, I don't. It's the jackpot pairs being cancelled. I don't know, it? but I, I I just I think it's um in past seasons when we've had grand finals at say. Um, your rower or Stanhope, I'm, I'm pretty sure they'd, they'd be all out there having a practice on, on a Tuesday, yeah, I, Wednesday or Thursday. I think they've been a bit tough on them, not letting them on. I would have said Thursday, fair, give them a whole, nearly a week to prepare, but they should have been allowed on the green Thursday evening at least. Mm, yeah, so, I mean, hopefully it doesn't become a factor, but I just know, um, you know, uh, the, the, the way those two clubs prepare, they like to get to the surface that they're playing on and practice either as a, as a full 16 or in their rinks and, and that sort of thing. So um, I just hope that uh, it doesn't impact the standard of bowls that we see on the Sunday. Well, they did try on Sunday morning to have a practice. And on Monday, I believe, with the public holiday, I know a couple of Tally Garupna players who are keen to have a role on Monday, the public holiday. So, 
I'm not sure what the reasoning is behind it, but um, you would think you'd want the competing players to maybe even have a role on it and, and um, sort of let the greenkeeper know what the speed's like or, you know, not give advice or anything like that, tell a greenkeeper how to do their job, but at least say, oh, yep, yeah, I think it, you know, I think it's running really good and, and that sort of thing. So well, It's going to be a big secret until Friday. Yeah, well... Um, yeah, well, I, I mean, hopefully, you know, both sides have got to play in the green. And, um, you know, like I said, Rob Thorne and his greenkeeping crew have put a pair of work into making sure that, you know, it's, it is up to um, grand final standard for the showpiece game of the season. And, you know, I think, um, like I said, the grand final we probably needed to have at the start of the season. And based on the, the um, qualifying final that the two teams played, um, I think we're in for another blockbuster. But I just... Just think that maybe Shep Golf is going to have too many, um, too much firepower. Better in the bigger moments, I think, at this stage. Going for six in a row, um, it'll be interesting how the cards fall. Um, you know, there's always interest in a Brad or Mark Ryan matchup for for obvious reasons, given their, their you know their um, one premierships together at Marupna and Shep Park and one Vic Open pairs and all that sort of thing. Um, I don't think it worries them too much anymore. It's, it's probably more us boffins commentating on it and that sort of thing that um, find the intrigue in it. It's more of a media blow-up, I think, uh, yeah. these days than uh, than anything between clubs or players. Yeah, but certainly, um, you know, they're probably the, the, the two figureheads for both club, either opposing clubs. So you want those two players to draw each other and provide the best contest possible. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to. That'd be the ideal matchup. Interesting, though, you mentioned Mitch Sidebottom, their best performing rink all year. He's lost his two finals, and I know he's primed to, to turn that around on the big stage, and he does love the big stage. And Gunning, Brett Gunning's rink was probably the suspect rink going into the finals and has won his two um, rink contests. So it's amazing how the fortunes can change come finals. Yeah, well, I spoke to Mitch today at a coffee with him at his new house out in Kyala. He's, he's parish. He's very yeah. relaxed. He's, um, I'll tell you what, I've, I've never seen a guy more relaxed going into a grand final. I think they've got, got a lot of confidence, Tally. They're not going to be, um, they're not going to be uh, as nervous as a lot of people think. I think they've got the guys there that their four skippers will try and conjole the other players or convince them that it's just an, it's not just another game, but if they play like they played all season, they're a big show. Yeah, look, and I, and I agree with Denzel's comments about the front end will decide the game, and, and that's Shep Golf's strength. Their, their, their depth from 1 to 16 in their Division 1 and 2 side, whereas Tally having a 1 and a 3, that little jump, and you know, there's a couple of players that have sort of come in and out of the side late in the season. Um, so how they perform on the big stage on Sunday will be crucial. I Certainly th- will. I think it's going to be an absolutely outstanding contest. I think we'll get the grand final we deserve, um, and I think it'll be really close towards the end, but I think golf will just lift and get it done. But either way, we'll be there to uh, call it blow by blow and, and bowl by bowl on Sunday, won't we? It'll be a massive privilege to be there on Sunday, Brian, and... Um you know, obviously, we've got some. We've been able to attract. And it's mostly the work of Tyler and yourself, some sponsors, to make this live stream possible on Sunday and bring it to those who can't be at Shepparton Park Bowls Club this Sunday. Yes, we've uh, managed. Um, the sponsors will be get a lot of coverage on Saturday, and I really appreciate. They've all probably on Sunday to too, when the when the grand final is Sunday. What did I say? Sad day. Yeah, yep. Well, we probably won't be giving them a plug sad day. It's a bit early. But 
Uh, it's been um, now. It's been a fantastic season. This is a grand final I wanted to see, and I just want to. I believe that the, the uh, green at Shepparton Park will will um, surprise a lot of people. I think Thorny and his band of helpers will have it running around fifteen and a half, which I think is a great speed for a, a grand final. So, um, how can people tune into the live stream on Sunday, and what sort of the format going to be? What can our um, viewers or listeners expect, Tyler? For sure, uh, anyone can head to the Shep News website uh, on Sunday. We're aiming to kick off the coverage from about one o'clock ahead of the one thirty game. Get a bit of uh, you know, bit of a feel for for what's going on around the greens. Uh, you know, as we we get into it, obviously you're, you're after the Jack panel here. Uh, we'll commentate throughout the day and, and we'll roll a, a variety of special guests throughout but um hey Lindsay and the team at pro image are, are going to do a great job for us um covering it uh video wise and uh we'll have it uh commentary wise sorted and and everything will be really uh I th- i'm really excited it's going to be yeah. a great day and it's on the ship news facebook page It'll be on the Shep News website uh, and we'll certainly pump it out uh all across all social media um and there's plenty of more details in the paper this week as well and um, we'll, we'll be very, very sure to, to get it in front of your eyes uh, so that you can uh, come along for the ride with us. And I've got a link. Bowls Victoria are going to take a link and broadcast it themselves. So it'll get a lot of exposure and the promoters and the sponsors will get, the, will get a bit more exposure than they expected. So good on Bowls Victoria for getting behind it as well. Yeah, it's very exciting times. Now, Brian, before we go, last podcast of the season, are you going to leave us with your bombshell? Um, who Tad Hilltop, who are they targeting? Who have they got? No, no, it's not Tad Hilltop, but the the big news is the current coach of Altona Bowling Club has bought a house in Shepparton, mm. near Shepparton Golf, mm. and we know who that is. Mm, yeah, and Mr. I... Mr. Brett Foley, so you mm. know where he's going to be playing next season. Will he be coaching, do you think? I believe Brad Orr's already re-signed. Has Brad he? Orr has certainly already re-signed. Uh, they blocked him away <clears throat> nice and early. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Brett might be looking for a coaching job in a different sport, um, possibly in his move back. He might be looking to coach his former football club, the Shepparton East Eagles. I, I know there's well, there might have go. been a bit of interest signalled on his behalf. So good to have him back in the, in the GV, Brian. Your, ma- your mail's reliable? Certainly is. Uh, it's reliable. He's done well to buy a house in this market. Uh, yeah, prices through the roof. I'd like to know. Um, I'm a bit surprised he's coming back, but I know his wife's um, got a very high paying job, and uh, he obviously likes the lifestyle in Shepparton. Well, and his parents are here, and a lot of mates. So yeah, well, I know. Good he, luck uh, to him. Well, I know he's a plumber. I think by trade, yes. and um, was working at Crown Casino. I'm pretty sure. So he was. He was. He had. A, he had a good job, but. Um, Great to see um, him possibly being back on the way to the GV and back in the GV Bowls division, potentially. I mean, you couldn't get a better player coming into the GV, could you? Well, we park, park might have to get him on the blower. He did formally play there as well, Brian. Yeah, but I think he's got a bit of a... A beef a there. sour relationship with uh, Park. Well, I, couldn't, time, I couldn't see him going back there. Time heals all wounds, Brian. And uh, time is up on our last podcast of the season, uh, the grand final podcast of After the Jack. I just want to take a minute, uh, if we don't hear you, uh, or listen, if you don't listen to us on Sunday, uh, to, to thank you all for tuning in all season. We couldn't do it without you. We couldn't do it without the Shepherd and Bowl Shop, of course, and I couldn't do it without uh, Ash Williamson and, and Brian Nisbet. Uh, thank you for, for devoting your time every week uh, to talk bowls. Uh, you know, there's, there's nothing better, and 
Uh, I'm, I'm really proud of what we've produced this year and I'm sure Sunday we'll, we'll just cap it all off. Thanks yeah. for the opportunity, mate, and it's been great. As we said, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not about us really. It's about promoting the, the sport of bowls in the Golden Valley region and it's really been humbling to have people, um, you know, some of our guests say, you know, we th- you think we're doing a great job and talking about bowls and that sort of thing and um, it really does mean a lot to get that sort of feedback, doesn't it, Brian? Certainly does. And look, I'd like to thank Tyler for when I first rang him up. I didn't. Uh, I was a bit sceptical whether he'd be interested in doing it. They had the Fox, Foxy, and JR Footy Show, which is very popular, and Tyler appeared on that. And other members of the Shepherd and News Sporting um, Fraternity or Sporting Journalist, and he took it on board. And he's been uh, been fantastic to work with. And and I think I've got. Uh, Ashley, you've come on leaps and bounds, mate. I think um, I've uh, done a tremendous job. Your questions and the knowledge of the game for such a young player is incredible and... I think you've made the show what it is uh, no, this season. No. Oh, we, could, we can't do it without each other, really. It's the three of us and, and the guests that you've managed to attract throughout the year to talk about their experiences has really made it a show worth listening to every week and it's, um, it's been a pleasure to be involved. Thanks, Tyler. We'll catch you on Sunday or we'll catch you next year. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepherd and Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at 101 Fry Street, Shepparton. Or phone five eight two one one double five six. That was After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production.